Good evening, ladies, and apologize for my tardiness. Okay. Shall we? Okay, we're going to begin um, talking about food now. What's one another food? Um, okay. So we finished off last time discussing um, being mutzi other people with a bracha, a birkas mitzvah. And essentially, the, the main component of that, the reason that you're able to mozi other people is based on arvus. So, because hanenin, which is, which is brachos for things that we get pleasure, pleasure from, is a little bit different. And so let's go through some of those parameters. You know, some of these things uh, we already discussed, and there's kind of an overlap, but that's to be expected. That's uh, where we're starting. If you have the book in front of you on page 115, um, it's number four in this section four in chapter three. Okay, the unique status of Birkos Hanen and Brachos, which, for which one makes for pledge for, for when one gets pleasure on something. So the rules of Arvus pertaining to Birkos Hanen are very complex. Arvus meaning my responsibility to help somebody else, Biyote, their mitzvah, are very complicated. They do, they can be divided between what the halachas are for a bracha, for a, a bracha rishona, a bracha that comes before the food, as opposed to a bracha chrona, the bracha that comes on and after the food, and we'll see how they apply over here. So, so several issues have to be considered. The, the principles of arvus apply to berkas like berkas amitzus, meaning can I be moti somebody else um, with the bracha on food if the mavarech has no intention of eating? Specifically, the arvus becomes and becomes an issue only if. I'm not making the bracha for myself. When I'm making the bracha for myself and I too plan to eat, that's going to be a completely separate issue than what we're talking about over here. Number two, is there any difference in this regard between bracha rishon and bracha krona? And number three, what is the status of these brachas brachas and recited in conjunction with the mitzvah? So for instance, <clears throat> um, when you make a bari priya gofen, so uh, in Kiddush or specifically Shabbos day, when you only make a bari priya gofen, is that a birkas hamitzvah? Do that treat it like a birkas hamitzvah? Is that a birkas hanen? You're making the bracha on wine, on drinking wine, and yet you're also making the bracha to mekadesh esayom to 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 make that day holy, to to connect with what that day is all about. So that, that is a, that requires a certain uh, examination on on that. And what about the bracha on pas? What about the bracha on the bracha of amotzi? Is that a birkas hamitzvah? Is that a birkas hanen? And that also will have to be discussed. Number four is under what conditions can one be moti another with a bracha rishona? If both do plan to eat, when is it okay for me to make a bracha for somebody else? Is it preferable for me to make a bracha for somebody else? Should a person each, should each person make their own bracha? Let's talk about that. So, first of all, being moti another when the mavarech is not about to eat. If the person who's making the bracha does not plan to eat anything at all, can he make a bracha on behalf of somebody else? So, Number one, when it comes to a bracha rishona, one cannot be motzi another with the birkas hanenin, brachos on food and drink, unless the mavarich too is fulfilling his obligation to recite a bracha on the food he's about to eat. So <clears throat> the, 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 the underlying principle was this. The reason why I'm allowed to make a bracha, one bracha that, I, that is not working for me, it's only working for you, and we're allowing we're allowing somebody else to make the bracha for you. We already described was based on the principle called arvus. Arvus means I have a responsibility to do on your behalf. Um, uh, it's anything 
that you do, that, that you're supposed to be doing, I share that responsibility with you to make sure to enable you to be able to do the mitzvah in the way that you that you need to do it, and to make sure that you have whatever is necessary for you to be able to do that mitzvah, including and included in that of, is of course. My, my, my responsibility extends so far, we said, so that I could even make a bracha on your behalf. However, um, when it comes to eating, when it comes to Birka Sanen and things that I get pleasure from, so that's a little bit different because unlike mitzvahs, which are something that is obligatory, and, uh, and uh, uh, feel free to read ahead of me right now on this. I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of uh, ad lib uh, on the next couple, the next paragraph. I just find the way he says it over here, very repetitive. So I'm, I'm just going to just I'm going to share it with you in, a, in a, br- a more brief fashion, I hope. And that is that the, the key element of, of Arvus is not present when I'm going to make, when I'm coming to eat something, because when I'm eating something, so I don't have to eat, I'm not mechoyer to eat, there's no obligation to eat. Even, the, even when there is an obligation to eat, the obligation is not to eat now, to eat this particular thing. In other words, let's say like a Sudas Mitzvah, like Shabbos, on Shabbos, it's prohibited to fast. You're supposed to eat. You're supposed to be eating. But even that, when you choose to eat, that eating is not is not is not necessarily what them what you're have to do. You could eat later. You could eat earlier. You could eat different food. You don't have to, you don't have to be eating this food. So it can't be looked at that I have a responsibility to make sure that you eat now, and therefore I can make a bracha to help you to eat. That that's simply that's that's not the case. The um, the one seeking to be yod to the bracha. Uh, it does not have to eat at all. And since he doesn't have to eat at that particular point in time, so there's really no bond between him and the person who is making the bracha, if that person who's making the bracha is not eating. We'll talk about later. If he is eating and when, what, under what circumstances they can be considered connected together so one can make a bracha on behalf, on behalf of the other. But if they're not actually, if they're not actually eating together, the, the person who's making the bracha is not eating. He's just doing it so that the person who wants to eat is capable of eating. Since there's no arvist, there's no, there's no mechanism by which my bracha, meaning I as the mavarich, can transfer it to the person, the other person, present who wants to eat, there's no, there's no mechanism to, to allow that bracha to transfer from one to another. An interesting uh, shiloh, if you take a look in footnote number 49, that the Primagadim raises is, what about when you have what we call mitzvos kiyumis, meaning there are certain mitzvos that when the opportunity arises, then you're supposed to do them, but there's no actual obligation to do that mitzvah at any given time. So for instance, um, the, the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah, yeshiva sukkah, so there's a mitzvah on the first day of sukkahs to sit in the sukkah and to have a meal in the sukkah. That's why we, why even if it's raining, we make sure that we sit in the sukkah on the first night of sukkahs and we'll, we'll wait to make kiddush, even until, even according to some post can even until midnight a person has to wait. Right, so we'll, we'll do all of those things because it's an obligation to eat in the sukkah. Every, the rest of sukkahs, even though there is an obligation that if you choose to eat, you must eat in the sukkah, but there's no obligation to actually eat in the sukkah. So, that would make a nafkamina for the bracha of Leishe Basukha, even though we're making a bracha that we're mitzvah to do this, Leishe Basukha, but the reality is that Chiyuv is a mitzvah kiyumis. It's a mitzvah that when the opportunity arises, then I fulfill the mit- that mitzvah. Perhaps even more, even more strongly, one could say this um, with regard to the mitzvah tzitzis. So the mitzvah tzitzis that you should know, the Doraisa Dika mitzvah tzitzis is that if you're wearing a four-cornered garment, 
then you have to put tzitzis on that garment. Um, as, uh, it has to be a daytime garment, and it has to be during the day, and it has to be that you're wearing it, that it's not sitting in your drawer, etc. Okay, so th- there's multiple things that have to be fulfilled. If I'm not wearing a four-corner garment, which, by the way, the way in our mode of dress today, if not for the fact that we want to wear tzitzis, so therefore we put on a beggar that we call Arba Confus, we put on a, a beggar with four corners on it, but most normal people, no, uh, let's put that in quotations just for uh, political correctness, right? Most more normal people are not wearing four-cornered garments. There's no, there's the, there is no four-cornered garment that you wear. What garment do you wear? There's maybe, maybe the only shadow that I have that might be a four-cornered garment, <clears throat> but men don't even wear it. Sometimes the lady shawls maybe have a, have four corner have four corners on them, and those if a man was wearing such a beggar, he would have to he would have to put tzitzis on it. But for the most part, the begotten that we wear, the clothing that we wear today, today's day and age, don't contain four corners. So why do we wear tzitzis? So the, the reason why the real reason why we wear tzitzis, right, is the Gemara says that was the Gemara in Menachos. The Gemara says that if you're makayim the mitzvah tzitzis at all times, even when you're not makhuyim in it, then be'idan rischa at the time when Hakadosh Baruch Hu Alila gets angry when there's something that angers. Or we perceive Hakadosh Baruch Hu as being angry, so then the tzchus of tzitzis is made, and the tzchus of tzitzis is there to protect us. So we wouldn't not want, want, want to have it that we don't have the protection of tzitzis. So we have taken on upon ourselves a minute to wear tzitzis every single day. That a man, that a boy in a, lot, in a lot of places, as soon as they're toilet trained or after they're three years old, right, a boy starts to wear tzitzis. Right, and he wears he wears our compass every single day of his life. But the but let's say you have two boys that are getting dressed. They're in the dorm. They're in camp. They're whatever it is. Can one person make a mitzvah? Can one person make a bracha of Ashkenazim and Sabbatzivanu on at least or al mitzvah for somebody who is or if he's already wearing tzitzis for somebody else that's putting it on? That's so Pashat, because there again you have the same idea. The Primagodim points out you have the same idea. There's no arbus, there's no responsibility, there's no chiv, there's no obligation, there's nothing driving that's forcing you to wear tzitzis today. You're choosing to wear a beggar of Arab confess. The beggar, once you're wearing a beggar of Arab confess, now they ignite now, now there's a chiv to now there's a chiv to now there's a chiv to put tzitzis on it. But there's no chiv to actually put on tzitzis. So making that bracha, that's not so that that would not be so Pashat based on this general rule. So specifically. When, 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 when is it problematic? It's like this. When two people wish to eat, one of them can recite a bracha for both. That is true. Um, if they're both eating, then one can make the bracha for the other one. No problem at all. Uh, <clears throat> um, one who does not immediately intend to eat may not recite a bracha for another one who is going to eat. Um, even if I plan to eat later, I can't make the bracha now for something that I'm going to do later. That gets us into what we talked about earlier, the issue of hefsek. There's something that there's a break between the time that I make my bracha and the actual eating of the food. So the bracha does not connect to the maisa, to the action that I'm doing. And therefore the bracha becomes a bracha of Adasala. So if I make a bracha for somebody, even though I may intend to let's say uh, the drinking of lachaim, right? So, so, but I know that I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink my lachaim until after everybody else has uh, make, made their toasts or whatever else it is. But I make a bracha for the guy sitting next to me because he wants to drink right now. Is that okay? So the answer is no, absolutely not. If you're not intending to eat right then, then the bracha that you're making is a bracha lavatala. Okay. Now, even in the event, the one who wishes to eat is unable to recite his own bracha, one who is not eating may not recite the bracha for him nonetheless. It's, you can't say the, the fact that he doesn't know how to make a bracha and I'm helping him to be yotze, his chiyuv, 
of making brachos because he doesn't know how to do it. So now maybe that's arvus. Maybe that constitutes arvus. Maybe that constitutes taking responsibility for my fellow person, for somebody else to do something that somebody else can't do. The answer is no, that's not true. That is not called arvus. Arvus is when he has an obligation and I'm fulfilling, and he has an obligation to do what he's doing now and I'm helping him to fulfill that obligation. But he doesn't have an obligation to eat now. He has an obligation to make a bracha. But the, what's more, what's causing the bracha is the fact that he's eating. The eating is not, is not, is not, he's not mechoyven. So the etza here is, the solution to the problem over here is, you could say the words of the bracha, even the shame Hashem, and have him repeat after you. Repeat after me, baruch, baruch, atzah, atzah. And then you say Hashem's name, right? Because he, even if you say, because we learned earlier that saying Hashem's name, lehislami, to teach somebody how to do it, is not called a bracha levatala, because you're not making a bracha, you're teaching him. So teaching, when you teach, you have to teach accurately, and you have to teach exactly the way it's supposed to be done, exactly the way it's supposed to be said. So therefore, you're supposed to make the bracha exactly the way it's supposed to be done, repeating it word for word after him. Um, okay. Now, one notable exception to this to the rules set forth above, meaning to the rules of arvus and uh, making brachos for somebody else and being connected to them, is the following: somebody who says a bracha for a cotton. A cotton, technically speaking, can't make his own his own brachos are only for the sake of chinuch. So, if I one one can recite a bracha for children who wish to eat and are unable to recite a bracha, even if the mavarech has no intention to eat, even if I don't intend eating. Making a bracha for a katan constitutes chinuch, even if I don't eat. So when mommy feeds her, feeds her child, she's sitting there and she's feeding the child his supper, right? And she wants him to eat the peas and he didn't make a bracha yet. And she knows he's not going to make the bracha. So she makes the bracha for him. Now, what you cannot do, right? And I can, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I see this racing through the, the well, no, nobody on the call. Well, maybe Mrs. Ant, right? You want The child doesn't want to eat. Right, and now you want to make sure that the child eats, so you quickly make a bracha and say, "Ah, oh, you're I made a bracha for you. You're going to make it into a bracha levatala. You have to eat it." That that doesn't work. You can't you can't you can't make a bracha for the child in order to force the child to eat. You can make a bracha for the child in order to teach the child to make brachos. That's fine. Then in that situation, you could certainly that you could certainly do. But to make the bracha when the child hasn't yet agreed to eat the food, I don't think that you'd be able to do that. So again, this halacha is not totally in being the child being your own child. It's a matter of 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 of, uh, of teaching a child what to do properly, and therefore any adult, any any gadol, any person past the age of chiyuv that's making a bracha on behalf of a katan, that is fine. You're allowed to do that, even if you're not eating. Now, what about birkas hanenin that are part of a mitzvah? So birkas hanenin that are part of a mitzvah, for instance, like kiddush. The bracha of kiddush is a combination of two types of brachos. The second part, so just just to Clear your head, make it make it very clear to you. Our our kiddush, excuse me, our kiddush constitutes three parts. We have Vayakul, which is the edus, the testimony that we give to the fact that Hakadosh Baruch created Shemayim Ba'aretz and created heaven and earth, and then we make Bari Pirei and then we make the real kiddush, which is the Birkas Hamitzvah, Asher Kiddushan and Savitzivanu Ratzavanu. Right, that that bracha, that's a Birkas Hamitzvah. What about the Kiddush? What about the Bari Priyagafen that comes right before that? The Vayachulu that comes before that is not a bracha at all. Which, by the way, just as an aside, um, maybe a plug for, for a certain Minogim, how they, how, how Minogim, there are multiple Minogim, how one makes Kiddush. Some people make Kiddush, the entire Kiddush sitting down. Some people make the entire Kiddush standing up. And then you have the uh, odd men out, like the, like the, some, of, some of us Litvats, especially ones that, can, that connect themselves to tells, 
that we stand for Vayichulu and we sit for the rest of it. The rationale for the, each of them is as follows. The rationale for sitting for the whole Kiddush, that's the one that, 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 that's, that's the easiest to explain, is your Kiddush is supposed to be Kiddush by Makam Su'udo. You're supposed to be doing this Kiddush in the Makam Su'udo and you're being Motzi other people. And we're going to see in a few minutes that when you want to be Motzi other people, you're supposed to be sitting down. That, that's L'Chathila. Ideally, you should all be sitting down, not even standing around. We'll talk about Kiddush and Abdallah, which are made, where people have a minute to do it standing up. That you could be Motzi them as well in that situation, as long as they're not wandering around. You know, you see sometimes... The kids by Havdalah, they're getting all impatient. They want they want to go off and do whatever they were they're doing. And they walk, they're pacing up and down as you as you're saying Havdalah. That's 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 a problem. You need to be standing in one place, listening to Havdalah in order to create a bond. Again, you want to create a mechanism by which the brachas being chal on everybody present. You need to have some sort of connection between us. So if we're sitting down at the Suda, we're all sitting around the table. That's perfect. That's the way, that's that's the ideal way to do it. Some people stand for the whole thing. Again, it's an union of covered. First of all, you stand for the first part of it by Hulu's Edus. Edus is always said standing up. And they stand for the second part because it's also covered for Kiddush. Also understandable. What's the shot in the standing and the sitting? Those people that stand up for the first half of Kiddush, sit for the second half of Kiddush. So the rationale for that goes as follows. The rationale is the first part of Kiddush by Hulu is an Edus. We're bearing testimony to the fact that Hashem created the world. After Vayichul, but from Borei Pregafen and on, that's Kiddush. Kiddush has to be B'makam Suda, has to be in the place where you're eating. Therefore, you should be sitting down when you make Kiddush. That's why, that's the rationale of the of those that stand for the first part of Kiddush, and then they sit for the second part of Kiddush. Okay, that being said, the bracha of Kiddush is a combination of the two types of brachas. It's a part of the recitation of Kiddush, we say the bracha of Borei Pregafen. Borei Pregafen is a Berkas it's a bracha on the benefit that we're having from drinking wine. So what, what's the story over there? So on the other hand, the Hagafen is part of the Kiddush service. You can't make Kiddush. Kiddush has to be Kiddush has to be Al Hakos. Kiddush has to be in order to give the Kiddush a certain Hashivas, in order to give it a certain importance, in order to elevate it, to give it a give it a certain status. So we do it al hakos. So making a bracha al hakos is part of being koveya, fixing what the Kiddush really is. So if I want the Kiddush to be what it's supposed to be, then I have to make a Brepi Hagafen. That's a Birkasa Mitzvah. So the post can say that the status of the Birkas HaMitzvah predominates. If you have in front of you something that could double as both a Birkas HaNen and a Bracha on the benefit that you're about to get, the fact that you're going to be, going to be able to drink wine, and a Bracha on the Kiddush, the fact that the Kiddush has to be a la Kospa so then we give it, we, the, what we focus on is the Birkas HaMitzvah aspect of it. Birkas HaMitzvah aspect of it. Oh, then we're already getting into a Parsha of Arbus. And then once you have the Parsha of Arbus, Parshavarva says that it could be one person, it could be multi for everybody else. Accordingly, one may recite Kiddush inclusive of the Berei Priyagofen and be motzi others, even though the Mavarik has already recited Kiddush and does not intend to drink from the wine. That's a very important caveat that he adds over there. Even if the person making the Kiddush is not going to drink anything at all, assuming that he's already been Yotze Kiddush, again, if you want to be Yotze Kiddush and you want to make Kiddush and, you, and you're, you're making the Brachos, then you have to drink from it. But let's say you already said Kiddush, and then one of the kids comes in late because they were out choosing with their friends, and you have to make Kiddush again, right? It's mutter to make Kiddush, assuming that child's a goggle, with the child's a cotton, it might be a whole different story. But assuming that that child's a goggle, right? And, uh, and and they walk in, you know, 10 minutes after the mishpach is already eaten, and they, they don't want to make Kiddush by themselves. They want you to make Kiddush for them. So now you so you stand up and you make Kiddush for them. You do not have to drink from that wine again. You already had too much wine. You drank the first coast. You drank Rove Revias. You, you had enough. It's going to your head already. You're not to drink that wine. They could drink as long as somebody must drink the wine because 
you're making a Berei Priyagofen. In order for that bracha Berei Priyagofen to have a chalos, in order for that Berei Priyagofen to be considered that it's, that it's a valid bracha, that it's a real bracha, it has to be going on something. That means it has to be going on somebody drinking. But it doesn't have to be the mavarich who's drinking. It doesn't have to be the person who's making the bracha who's drinking because we look at this like a birkasamit. So, and therefore, even if the child who came in late wants to drink that wine, then that would be fine. Um, and, and even if you already said Kiddush, indeed, even the Shabbos morning Kiddush, which consists only of the Berei Priyagofen. Now, so you're going to so you, you I'm sure you've seen different minhagim, what, what people say on Shabbos morning. Some people say, say Berei Priyagofen, some people say Al-Kain Beirach, some people say Vishamu, some say, some people say more than that, more than the Vishamu, right? All of those other psukim and other things that are added on before saying Kiddush, they're not really part of the Kiddush. They are shvachos, they're praises of Hashem, they're remi- reminders of the different aspects of the different dimensions of what Shabbos really is. But the Kiddush is not even al Kain Beirach. The Kiddush is simply Baruch HaTo Hashem, Al-Kain Pri HaGafen. That is Kiddush, Shabbos morning period. If somebody's stuck and they don't know how to make Kiddush, and they're not, a good re- not good at reading, and they don't want to break their teeth, and they have guests over, and they want to, they want to just get it over with, and you're done. That is, you already made Kiddush. You just simply said, so, so even on Shabbos morning, by the Shabbos morning Kiddush, let's say the guests uh, overslept and you already heard Kiddush by the Kiddush and Shul and you were Yodzeh with that Kiddush, however, however that works, a separate channel for not, not a discussion for, the, for this evening, right? You already Yodzeh night. Now the guests come over, they, they, they overslept or they got lost or they went to a different Shul and they didn't hear, they didn't go to the Kiddush. They came directly to your house to eat. Now they want to. Now they they want to have kiddush. All you have to do is make a bari priyagafen for them. You don't have to do anything else. You make the bracha bari priyagafen, and you or they have to drink from it. Because even though normally that bari priyagafen is a berkas hanen, and you're not allowed to do that on somebody else's behalf on Shabbos morning when it, when it doubles as kiddush, then we treat it like a berkas hamitzvah. And a Birka Samitzah I can do for somebody else. Therefore, I'm making the bracha for that other person, and he should be the one that drinks. So as noted above, however, it is preferable that one recite one's own Kiddush rather than hear it from one who has previously fulfilled his obligation. Ideally, one should always do uh, be the Mavarach themselves. We have a general principle that goes like this. It's, it's called Mitzvah by Yosemi B'Shulchai. A person has a greater Mitzvah to do a Mitzvah on his own rather than to have somebody, an agent, do it on his behalf. Even excuse me, even though that agent is acting for him, still, ideally, ideally, one should make brachos on, one, on one's own. So the ideal situation is to make one's own brachos. The exception that we mentioned a little earlier was if you have three or more people, so then there might be an Indian, there might be an idea of rov am hadras melech, of having all the people together uh, uh, as a sort of a chorus, saying shabach, saying praise of Hashem. So that might be that there's a certain... There's a certain elevation of the status. It's sort of giving greater covered, giving giving greater honor to the Rishon to have all the people together, as opposed to each little individual voice doing his own thing. Then that might be that might be a milo. Again, we're going to see that the the nohuk shabaolam, the minig in the world, the, the general custom is that one person makes kiddush for everybody. Now, when it comes to Abdullah, you have another. You have a similar issue. A man may recite Havdalah for another man, even though he has previously fulfilled his own obligation, does not intend to drink from the wine at all. He could still be moti that other person because, again, the brachos in Havdalah are also called Berkas HaMitzvah. That includes the bracha Bari Priyakafe, Bari Moriah Aish, Bari Minei all of them. The Bari Minei B'Samim, however, should not be recited by one saying Havdalah unless he too smells the spices because 
the custom of smelling spices during Havdalah is not a halachic requirement. Again, it is not, it's not a mitzvah. Um, Bari Mariah is, is a mitzvah commemorating the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed the secret, the sod of fire to Adam Arishan on Motzei Shabbos. Um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Havdalah, the Bari Priyagafan itself, that is the Havdalah that we're making. The Bari Mariah is in order to comfort us on the loss of the Neshama Yisera, it's a minig, it became a minig in Klausel to say Bari, bari Mine Besamim. But that custom, that minhag, to say B'samim is not really an obligation, it's not a mitzvah, it's not ma'akev, if you don't do it, you're still Yodzei Abdallah, and you would not make it up the next day, you wouldn't You wouldn't do it. In fact, the halacha is that if you make Abdallah, for whatever reason, you miss making Abdallah Matzah Shabbos, you make Abdallah on Sunday night or Monday or whatever it is, you don't do it, with, you, do, you do it without B'samim, There's no, there is no B'samim, because at that time, the the, the, the Neshama Yisera already went away for 24 hours, you're not being comforting a person by doing that. So, one would not have to do it because it's not, therefore it's not subject to the principles of Arbus. On similarly, on the Seder night, the Seder night, we also have Birkas Hananin that double as Birkas Hamitzah, a bracha on a Berpriyadama on the Murr or on the Karpos or on the, or even the Hamotzi, right? All of those brachos, right? A person, uh, <clears throat> those are all Birkas Hananin, but the Birkas Hananin does not eliminate the factor of one person being moti other people. So similarly on the Seder night, one may be moti another with the brachos of Amotzi, and Al-Achilas Matzah, Al-Achilas Marah, the Hagafen on the four kosos, and even the Bari Priyadam on the Karpas, even though the Mavarech, even though the person making the bracha had already fulfilled his mitzvah, let's say he makes the bracha on the Karpas and the, one of the kids wasn't listening, and then the kid says, oh, I didn't hear you make the bracha. So now he wants you to make the bracha again. You're allowed to go ahead and make that bracha again for them as long as somebody's eating what it is that you're making the bracha on. Although the hamotzi and the hadama are birkas hanenin, even though hamotzi and, and the hadama are a regular birkas hanenin, a regular bracha that you make for pleasure, their function on the Seder night is primarily as birkas hamitzos, and as, as birkas hamitzos, you could uh, be, you could be motzi other people. Now, a fourth example, the hamotzi in the sukkah. Here he's talking, he's referring to, again, we, we mentioned this earlier, on the first night of sukkahs, there is a specific mitzvah to eat challah in the sukkah, to eat bread in the sukkah. So the bracha mamotzi recited in the sukkah on the first two nights of sukkahs, which again, as you know, first two nights means the first night. He's saying the first two nights because in Chutzar, it's, we have what's called Sveika Diyoma. We're not sure which day is actually the first day of Yantav, so therefore we keep that both the 15th and the 16th as Yantav. So that idea of saying Amosi in the sukkah on the first two nights of sukkah this is an integral part of fulfilling the mitzvah of sukkah. You are not yotz in the mitzvah of sukkah without having eaten in the sukkah. And is categorized, therefore, the, the hamotzi that I make, which is my sitting down to eat in the sukkah. It's like, Hareini Mazamanis, and Mazamanis asks me, Behold, I am preparing myself to now be Makayim <laughs> in its fullest. The mitzvah of yeshiva sukkah, yeshiva sukkah, the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah, that can only be done, right, if a person is actually going to eat something in the sukkah at the same time. So the hamotzi one recites on the challah, the Shabbos meal is not primarily a bekasa mitzvah, I would have thought. The mitzvah of the Shabbos meal is the enjoyment and they're the benefit. And thus, the bekasa hanenin aspect is the prevailing factor. That being said, the birkas the fact that this is a birkas hanenin, the main thing I want to do is enjoy my food, have an enjoyment of what it is that I'm eating, not just to not just to have, pass on a technicality. So the reality is because of that, that the um, one would think that in that in that situation, the 
um, the enjoyment becomes a critical factor, and then that then the 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 bracha rishona will be ma'akev. So therefore, the hamotzi should not be recited by one who is only reciting the bracha in order to be motzi another, because it's incapable of making a bracha, but is not partaking the meal himself. Rather, the bracha should be made by that person himself in order to get the full benefit of this mitzvah that he's carrying out. Now, when it comes to bracha achrona, um, then it's a little bit different. So bracha achrona is also technically a birkas mitzvah, meaning once you have eaten, then you have an obligation now to give thanks to Hashem for everything that he has provided for you. So the hamotzi, the, the, the bracha achrona is a birkas mitzvah, and not only that, the bracha achrona is a chiyuv, is an obligation that now that you ate, you're mechoyev to bench. So now, once we enter into the realm, into the world of chiyuv, the realm of obligation, I'm obligated to do this. If I'm obligated to do this, then my friend Plony, right, is also obligated to make sure that I do it. And if that's the case, then Plony should be able to bench for me. So as noted earlier, one cannot be mozi another with a bracha rishona, as we mentioned before, for eating or drinking, when we're not planning to eat or drink. But when it comes to bracha achrona, that could be recited. That could be recited by one who does not partake of the meal. Technically speaking, somebody else could read the benching on my behalf. Let's assume, for some reason, I wasn't mechunach. I didn't have education. I didn't know how to read the benching. And now I now I now my friend who is a learned person who knows all about Birkas Hamazon wants to go ahead and make wants to bench on wants to help me through the benching. So he wants to bench out loud and I should just listen to him and answer Amen, etc. Is he allowed to do that? He didn't eat anything. He doesn't need to bench. He's choosing to bench. Is he allowed to do that? So you'll remember that the reason one cannot be went to another with a bracha rishona is because there's no absolute requirement to recite a bracha. There is no requirement to make this bracha because no one's telling you to eat now since one has the option not to eat. Consequently, the normal r- rule of arvus is not applicable in that situation. But a bracha achrona is completely different. Then once one eats, you are obligated to make a bracha achrona. So you ate already. So now you're in a situation that you have to make that bracha. And that's parallel to the obligation of all other mitzvahs that you can make on somebody else's behalf. Consequently, the sub- su- subject to all the principles of arvus, um, this, this situation is subject to all of those rules. And accordingly, one who has not eaten would essentially be permitted to recite a bracha chorna for one who has eaten. Now, here we come along and um, um, uh, uh, we add a sort of a layer to what we're talking about. And that is what we call a din derabana. There is a rabbinic law that was enacted on top of this idea. In a bubble, in an ideal world, this would be the situation. Bracha rishona, you would not be allowed to emoji somebody else unless you too we're planning to eat, unless if you were not planning to eat, you could not be motzi somebody else that bracha. You could make the bracha out loud in order to teach them what to say. And you could even say the shame Hashem, you could even say the name of Hashem, but to actually say it as a bracha that you would not be allowed to do when it comes to bracha rishona. Technically speaking, when it comes to bracha rishona, it's very different because once you've eaten, you have now created an obligation that you must bench. You have to say, you have to say the birkas hamazon. Now that you have to say the Birkas HaMazon, now it becomes my obligation to make sure that you make the Birkas HaMazon. So therefore, I will now say the Birkas HaMazon. You will answer Amen to what I'm saying, and I'll be motzi you in Birkas HaMazon. Am I allowed to do that? So the Rachachamim came along and said, even though technically there's no problem, and it, it's your right, Taka, you're, you're actually absolutely, it's actually absolutely true that it falls under the halachos of Arvus. However, the Rabbanan said, we're not going to allow somebody who has not eaten 
to make a bracha achrona on behalf of a person who has already eaten. You know why? Because people tend to extrapolate from situations and people look at things and they assume they know what's going on. So what's going to happen over here is the following. You're going to go ahead and be Mr. Nice Guy and you're going to make a, you're going to bench on behalf of that other person, even though you didn't touch any food, you didn't eat anything. And now you want to, you just want to be a nice guy and you want to bench on his behalf and make the say the benching. And he's so grateful to you because he would have to break his teeth and the benching is really long and it's really, really hard to do. And there's really some hard words in there that he's never seen before. So he's very happy to have you bench on his behalf. The problem is there's a third party that's watching what's going on and he's saying, oh, you're allowed to make brachos on other people's behalf. You're allowed to bench for somebody. When the brachos in the suda, the brachos during the meal can be made. One person can do it on somebody else's behalf. When he goes home, he's going to go ahead and he's going to say, oh, you want to eat something? I'll make a bracha rishon. I'll make a bracha for you. I don't mind making a bracha for you. And he'll go ahead and make a bracha rishon on, on somebody else's behalf, not realizing that that was a special halacha that applied only to bracha chrono, because as we explained, there's shayach, it's possible to have arbus over there. But, uh, but, but that may not be the case over here. So, so the rabbinic law prohibits one who has not eaten from reciting a bracha chrono for one who has eaten. Because Chazal were fearful that one may mistakenly think that brachos rishonos and brachos chronos are governed by the same rules. They simply assume that everything is the same. Namely, the one who is not eating may recite both the brachos rishonos and the brachos chronos for one who is eating. And where the, 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 real, the reality is that that's not the case. One would not really be allowed to make a bracha chrono on somebody else's, a person could make a bracha chrono on somebody else's behalf because it's something that you're obligated to do. But a bracha rishona, no matter how hungry you are, he cannot make that bracha rishona for you. So the rules of bracha rishona are therefore as follows. One who has not eaten may not be motzi one who has eaten with Birkas HaMazan or any, or any bracha rishona. If somebody, one person ate, the other person didn't eat anything at all, he certainly cannot assume to make a bracha rishona for both of them. However, one who did listen to the recital of a bracha rishona from someone who did not eat, Let's say you went ahead and you did that. And then when you got to Shul, you went over and asked the Rav, was that the right thing to do? And he tells you, no, that it wasn't. But said what happened was, so now, do, now the halacha is normally by benching. If you get up from a place where you were supposed to bench and you didn't bench, the halacha is that you have to go back to that place. So even if I came to Shul, um, to Dav to Mincha, and the people, and they left people at home, and the, we had all eaten hamotzi together, I have to go back to my house and go ahead and make Birkas Hamazon in my house. I certainly can't do it where I remember it. And um, I can't even do it standing in a different place. You have to go back there. So, however, one who did listen to the recital of a bracha from one who did not eat, let's say um, somebody else was actually motzimi bracha chrono um, before, before, was motzimi bracha chrono before I could do anything. So the locha is that he is yotze b'dieved he has uh, fulfilled, um, he, given that the facts have already happened, that he went ahead and he benched. So therefore the benching is, oh, it's like he benched already. He doesn't have to bench again that night. Um, um, what is, so, uh, so, and so there's no reason to repeat the bracha in that situation um, because you already heard the bracha chrono from somebody who did not eat. So since you're Yotze B'dieved, you would not go back and go ahead again, as we mentioned all throughout over here, and repeat yourself because that was already built into the initial, uh, uh, into the initial making of the bracha from beforehand, and one could, not, one could not repeat it, okay? All right, so we're holding right now for being Motzi when both the Mubarak and the Shemir eat. 
What, how does one go about being motzi another person? How does one transfer from one to another? What are the situations that it works? What are the situations that it does not work? And we will get to that next week. I encourage you to please remind everybody, those that weren't able to make it tonight, that they can make up this share. They can hear this share uh, on the podcast. It's included. The link was included uh, in the email that went out. And I'll try to post it in the near future before the ladies are finished the next event. It should already be posted. Thank you so much. Have a good night. I'll see you. Thank you. You're welcome.